Hello everyone, today I'm here with Alexander Hain. How is it going? What's up? Yeah, hey, it's uh, going all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited, excited to see my good friend Petter again, you know, and, and be on, on his incredible YouTube channel. Why do I, why do I hear the sarcasm in, in your voice? Well, the, the thing is, you know, when you first started, I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to watch these things. Petter is, you know, not going to be good at this or whatever, but... But I, I was proved wrong, and I've actually watched uh, a number of your videos. So. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I started, people were just like laughing at me, saying saying that it sucks, and everyone had a, you know, no matter if they ever did like a like even one video in their life, everyone was like an expert immediately on how I should do it. Like everyone told me that I'm like posting too much and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, I think. You've definitely improved since the beginning, but uh... yeah, I obviously knew it's gonna like kind of suck at the at the beginning. But I was I, I just thought it was better to like start and improve as I'm doing it rather than just like you know not start at all. So and I think for this type of thing, it's important to put out a lot of lot of content, right? Because yeah, you know, you, you constant new videos, even if if some of the interviews are you know not so great. <laughs> The, the the play by play like I watched you and RNA talk about like your match in your your of uh, finals with GP or whatever where you basically had like maybe one decision that was kind of interesting. I only I only did it because I was in it and like some people yeah. some people who like watch the 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 channel don't actually like even know that I like used to be a pro or whatever. So I just thought that I'm gonna like make like one video of myself even though I knew it's not like not gonna be necessarily the most interesting match or whatever. But. All right, I see, I see. You know, it's showing off that you won a Grand Prix. Yeah, exactly. You won, you won four Grand Prix, right? Yeah, but only two of them are on camera, and the other one is like a team uh, sealed limited. So, th this was the only option, basically. Yeah, that, the the team one is the one I view as the most impressive, actually. Oh. <laughs> Uh, anyway, to, uh, today it's not going to be an interview, even though it maybe it looks like that uh, right now. No, I've actually you've already been interviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. About me, you're going to have to start paying me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I made a video of top seven Czech players last week, and you know many people like liked it, liked it, and like it created a lot of like conversations and stuff like that and you know Hain was one of the people who commented on my uh, Facebook page and he said that he would like to do like top seven Canadians as well but he just didn't really wanted to put in the work necessarily so <laughs> so we decided that we're just like gonna collaborate and I'm gonna like do the edit part of uh, stuff but you're gonna do the you're gonna make uh, do the talking for because I don't I don't necessarily know uh, all, all the people on this list even yeah well I mean frankly I I, I don't know all of them that well. Like uh, some people were, you know, better players before my time, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but I, I mean, I know some very well, the, the players who were during my my era. But there are, and there's, and you know, there's a lot of great players also didn't make this list, as I'm sure is the case for your checklist as well. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh... Coming up at number seven, I'm actually surprised that this person is number seven because I, I know him personally. It's Pascal Maynard. Um, am I, is, that, is that correct? Did I not miss it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That is, that is, yeah, Pascal Maynard. Yeah. So you're surprised that he made the top the top seven? <laughs> no, like 
you know, I actually didn't even know that there were like that many good players and I like knew like maybe four of the people who are on the list so I just like kind of assumed that he would be higher um, but yeah, uh, can you maybe like explain why why he is number seven? So, so yeah, I mean Pascal, someone who's had, had you know is a, a more modern era player. Uh, he actually, I started playing with him way back when like both of us were were under eighteen and we were, we played in the the first time I he was the first good player I actually ever played against. It was in a Magic Scholarship Series tournament, which were these events that you had to be under 18 and you would you know the top two players in the tournament would get scholarships invites to other things kind of like the the gss like evolved into that basically Mm -hmm. Um, and so i I played him and he was like 13 or something and i was (laughs) and uh and it was it was was fun and then after that we kind of you know recognize each other at at local events because he's from quebec city but still montreal where i live is where most of the big events would happen, and he kind of had his big breakout performance in 2010 when he made uh, the Canadian national team and uh, did well enough at Worlds individually uh, to qualify for the the following Pro Tour. And kind of he missed uh, he missed like one or two Pro Tours, and but was on the on the train for a little while, and then kind of but always like silver level until uh, he basically. Started started having a higher level of success and was kind of a gold platinum player. He ended up getting uh, two Pro Tour top eights, and uh, he has, I believe, two GP wins and a, a lot of a lot of top eights somewhere somewhere in. Uh, in yeah, I, I, I remember that he had like an insane streak one year or like two years where he was just like top eighting at like every single GP. It was it was crazy. Yeah, there was one year where he he top eighted. I, I think five GPs the same year. Uh, he was and he came second place in the Grand Prix Player of the Year race that that year to, to <laughs> this guy. But <laughs> uh, the humble brags keep coming. I, I assume that there's going to be more of that in this video. But oh, uh, probably. This is this is not a humble humble ranking. Spoiler alert. But, <laughs> uh, but no, pa- Pascal Pascal definitely had had uh, pretty good success on 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 the the, the pro circuit. Um, the thing is, in general, he wasn't like as highly regarded by his peers as some other players. I think a lot of his strength was in, you know, his work ethic, and that he would kind of practice a lot with one deck or one format, and you know, learn it kind of inside and out. Um, and then he would be very good at doing that one specific thing, mm-hmm. uh, like one one example is you know when we're we're practicing for for draft, and basically he would just always force Boros in this in this draft format. You know, even mm-hmm. taking like garbage cards, basically. But you know, would, would do that. Um, but you know, he would he would win a reasonable amount. He he he'd try and find what would work for him, and then he would he would go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that may, that makes sense. And, yeah, I think you know he's. He's definitely a, a solid player. He's been my teammate uh, a bunch of times. Worked with him, and uh, yeah, now I think he's you know he's, he's moved over to content creation a bit of his own. I think and, and running some tournaments. So mm-hmm. uh, he runs the the bet roulette events that happen. I think every month where you, random sets are decided and and you have to build decks with it and stuff. And it's 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 cool. So I check those out. 
<laughs> six, uh, at number six, six, we have a person that I actually don't know. Uh, this is the first time I, I even saw the name, like it just doesn't ring a bell at all. It's David Root. Um, is that maybe like a player who was very good, but maybe haven't played that much? Or is it like an old, all-time player or what is going on with that? Yeah, he's more of an all-time player. Uh, so kind of his dominance was, he, he basically played kind of in the, around the era that Kai Bude was was dominant, sort of in the the mid-2000s, I guess. So get also before my time. Um, actually, before me, he was he was one of the, uh, he was one of the Canadians who won uh, won a Pro Tour before before I did. It was he's a team Pro Tour champion, uh, and his his specialty was uh, Team Rochester Draft, which is now oh, a dead format. I see. But uh, he was really one of the best in the world at at what he did there. Um, he's uh, what's the what's the skill that you you need to be so su- successful at the Rochester Draft uh, that isn't maybe. Tra- I cannot pronounce that, but you can, that, that you can't like necessarily do in uh, in the actual draft. Like, what's the difference? Well, so so in Rochester draft, you get to see all the cards and you get to see all the picks that everybody's making. Uh, in Team Rochester draft, of course, you're you also know which one of the people drafting is going to be your specific opponent and which are going to be your teammates' opponents. Mm-hmm. So there's a it's a lot more complicated in that. It, in regular draft, you're just focusing on making the best picks to try and come up with the best deck in a vacuum for you, right? Um, now, in regular team draft, that again changes that. Like, if you can screw over the people that your the enemy players are are sitting on your sides, you can screw them over, you know, more than you hurt yourself by screwing them over. Then that's good, right? If you go one two, but the person you're passing to goes oh three, that's a win because you just care about your relative rankings. Um, Team Rochester takes that a step further in in that, you know, sometimes, like, let's say one person's drafting a really aggressive deck, you you don't have to worry about, if you know that's your opponent, you don't have to worry about having any, like, big card draw spells or big finisher things, right? You just need to have be, like, a little bit bigger, right? Just, like, you want to be the life gain deck if your opponent's playing mono red, basically, right? Kind yeah, of yeah, idea. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just the way, like hate drafting is is even more important and the the sequencing and stuff and effectively you know in the, some of these formats dave rude would be the one it would, it would be basically him like versus kai sometimes in just where like I he's ba- effectively drafting all three decks versus kai drafting all three decks wow and like you have to remember all the picks that your opponents have taken and exactly their decks so like and then you're building your deck at the end for specifically what your opponent's deck is you know obviously you're gonna main deck that Aether Gust or whatever, right? If you, you yeah, know yeah. they're if they're red green, so on. So it's a, a pretty complex format. Um, I think part that's part of the reason why they they got rid of it. Uh, and yeah, he won uh, he won a team pro tour along with uh, one other Canadian who will we'll, spoiler alert we'll get to later on this list, <laughs> but also uh, well known French Hall of Famer Gabriel Nassif. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, which uh, a funny story from from that event. The the, the two Canadians and Nasif showed up to that event, and I heard that all the Americans were asking Nasif, "Hey, why are you playing with these two random Canadians?" <laughs> and all the French players went up to the Canadians and said, "Why are you guys playing with Nasif?" <laughs> so well, it worked uh, out fi- yeah, fine, I suppose. So, but yeah, David Rude was was known uh, for good being very good. I believe he has uh, he has a at least two PT top eights and a possibly a master. I think a master's uh, 
top four as well. Um, but Team Rochester is really his his thing, and uh, but he's he's still always been a, a solid player and kind of you know one of, he was from his era he was one of the the best really. Mm-hmm. Um, is he? He's not in the Hall of Fame, right? No, no. There's in fact there's only one Canadian Magic player in the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, yeah. We're probably gonna get to him, so no spoiler alerts. Maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe. We'll. <laughs> well, if not, then you should maybe say it because we might forget about it later. Oh well, well, well. Oh yeah. Well, the only the only Canadian Magic player in the Hall of Fame is Gary Wise. Oh, uh, and he's not on the list. I see. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, he he was. Uh, I think if he was on the list, he would be he'd be number eight. He's. Uh, He's got very good results, and uh, you know, and he was successful in a time where, you know, he he was a clean player, and everybody else kind of around him was cheating, mm. uh, and that's that counts for something. But generally, he was not he was not well regarded by people, and uh, some of the people I talked to before making this list told me, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> he was he was someone like that if they're playing for top eight of a tournament, they they hope that they got paired against him. I see. But you know, he he was not known for his technical ability, but he I think he was very good drafting, uh, and he, a good teammate. And he he won in you know in a, a different era. Um, this list definitely is going to have some has some modern bias in that. I do think that it's harder you know, as players get better. You know, to be on the on the top, you you also need to be better. Um, but some people were way more dominant in their era compared to how modern players are too. I think. Uh, so it's it's hard to compare people really over for a sure. breadth of time. So at number five, we have a Pro Tour champion, Sean McLaren. He actually won the Pro Tour. That was my first Pro Tour that I ever played in Valencia. So I remember wow. him because of that, yeah. Yeah, uh, Sean McLaren is, is a very interesting guy. Uh, you know, he, he might be a genius, and he but he's definitely a total goofball. Uh, and he's... he's uh, He's someone I've, you know, had the the experience of, of testing with uh, as well, and um, yeah. Besides the Pro Tour win in, in Valencia, he has a, a finals uh, where he lost to Ari Lax mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Honolulu, and uh, he's also got a, a number of, of Grand Prix top eights, and uh, he's also uh, top top eighted uh, top four, I believe, Canadian nationals, and of course been Canadian national champion. Um, He's kind of known for testing alone, right? Uh, do you think, when, when someone says that, do you maybe think that he's like even better? Because, you know, if he has all these results, despite testing alone, that might might mean that he understands magic on a very high level. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely prefers testing alone. The, the first Pro Tour I, I tested with him, uh, we're a big house with a bunch of people and there's a famous story of someone coming down down the stairs at like 9:30 or something and Sean was just like had his laptop open with like you know a, a magic board state on like magic workstation or something like that one of these old school programs but he was just like sitting there with his laptop open and that and just staring out the window and that person came back up later like at 4 p.m. you know 7 hours later and Sean's in the same position. It's the same board state open, still just staring out the window, just like. You know. <laughs> so he's he's, uh, he's got his own methods, and you know, 
sometimes people think it's madness, but I think you know often he's he's really ahead of his time. One thing that you know he he played off color temples in control decks, you know, before other people did, and that ended up catching on. Uh, but you know he was he was very firm on on value. Uh, you know, obviously he's he's very well known for for playing control kind of he's he's in some ways he's a canadian waffle top up yeah he, the, the 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 pro tour that he won and the finals of the pro tour was b both with just decks, right even though the second just deck yeah. might have been like a little bit more aggressive just because of the nature of the format yeah yeah he was with just decks both times uh, but you know he's also done well with uh, things like esper control blue white so on that that's that that's his style that's his wheelhouse uh, mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean he's he's uh, made it to worlds uh, twice. You know that that's that counts for something, and uh, didn't do didn't do horribly. Uh, so he, yeah, he's he's definitely a solid player. Um, he's you know again not necessarily known for his technical ability as much as he's he's a very interesting deck builder. And uh, you know the fact that he works alone is always in interesting and if you've ever caught his stream he's he's, he's quite a wild guy I've, <laughs> uh, I've teamed up with him for two different uh world magic cups and he yeah he's he's something he's something he's he's a delight <laughs> <laughs> all right coming up at number four uh it's, it's another person that i don't actually know it's i don't even know how to say gap tank Yeah, Gabe Sang. Uh, uh, so yeah. He's actually he was a teammate of of David Rude, who won the, that team. I see. But also, he's he's kind of much more of a an old school player. He was in fact known as the original Juggernaut. Uh, oh, in, really? Kai Buddha is the, known as the German Juggernaut, but he was the original ju Juggernaut. I see. I always uh, I always thought that, I'm sorry I'm sorry to interrupt. I always thought that the German Juggernaut was there just because you know guys from Germany. I didn't know it was like because you have to like specify which Juggernaut you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so he's he's really well regarded by all his peers. Uh, he he came back briefly to Magic and you know didn't didn't do particularly well, but he he was he did he did okay, you know, uh, um, and kind of abandoned it when organized play took a took a shift. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's someone who's kind of really a a, a very important figure to a lot of uh, a lot of Canadian Magic players. Kind of you know. The older generation tech teaches the next generation. The next generation teaches the younger generation. You know, and 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 they also provide something to emulate. And he's he had quite a bit of success. I believe he has three Pro Tour top eights. That's he a lot. The Team Worlds win. The only year Canada won, uh, like the Team World Championship, was with him at the helm. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's also uh, something you might not know. He's he's the inventor of Cube. Of cube, oh yeah, the like cube draft. He invented that, which is probably his greatest contribution to Magic. <laughs> so. Yeah, I always wondered how did the cube thing. Like now, it's kind of obvious that it exists, right? You just like put all the all the best yeah. cards of Magic and you just draft it then. But you know, someone had to be the first one, so it's nice to know that it was him. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, I met him. He's a very nice guy. Uh, player, basically, he he kind of quit Magic and. Uh, was off it for a long time. Like you know, he's he's one of those guys. He he won the pro tour and then just didn't play another pro tour for like twenty years or something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so which is not a common thing because normally you know when you're successful, then you just you keep you keep kind of riding that 
I think going to Pro Tours, but for him it was not his his priority. Uh, yeah, actually, I actually player. talked to Huey, and he said kind of a similar thing that he was just winning so much that it just like wasn't satisfying for him anymore. So he took a break, and after that, like I guess Magic became more difficult, as you said. At some point, you know, people became better, so it just became a challenge again, and he like came back. But yeah, that's uh, that's a good way of putting it. And I think with uh, with with Gabe, you know, it, was, it wasn't just that, but you know, he. He was basically by all his peers, all the kind of older school players I've talked to. They they really think he was he was widely regarded as the as the best player, kind of from the older era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so big big nod to that. I myself haven't haven't seen him in his dominance, but I've heard a lot of stories. And I think he's someone that you know, if he'd really kept playing and he dedicated himself to the game, could have been uh, really one of the greats. All right. And number three, we have someone that I even tested with at, at some point. It's Jacob Wilson. He, it's actually funny that, you know, he, he, he lost the finals of a pro tour to Sean McLaren, which is under person on this list. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jacob, I think he has like three pro tour topics, right? Or maybe two? I'm not sure. Uh, I believe it's, uh, it's three top eights. He's mm-hmm. got... Uh, yeah, I think so as well. Maybe it might only be it might only be two. He has one with Abzan and one bit uh, like the like the birding pot deck, and I'm not sure if he has a third one. But regardless, yeah, it, might be, it might be just those two. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have one in the online era or something. But he's actually he's currently a member of Rivals, uh, which oh yeah, yeah you're right. That. He has a has a, he has a regional approach or topic. Yeah, it was, yeah the the American American one. Yeah. He, uh, he made the top four and uh, yeah so so that's that's more recent so yeah Jacob is he's a controversial pick here not because people don't think he's good I think he's widely regarded as very good but I think a lot of Canadians don't view him as Canadian and uh, when making this list you know why 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 is that well because well, he's he's not born in Canada isn't currently live in Canada uh. Uh, he he'd lived in Canada at one point in his life, and he went as a student here, kind of in Canada when uh, when I first met him. He's going to university in, in Vancouver, uh, and you know he's oh he's basically been listed as Canadian on uh, on Wizards stuff for a while. He's you know I've played in a bunch of uh, Mat- World Magic Cup qualifiers with him, one of which anyways he he won, so he's he's on, represented Canada at the World Magic Cup one year. Which for me personally is kind of the tiebreaker of whether you consider someone Canadian. If they're on the national team, then they're Canadian. Mm-hmm. But that, yeah, some people, of course, disagree. They, you know, there's a lot of we're, we're in Canada. We're not quite as nationalistic as the Americans, but we still have kind of a sense of, of, of national pride. And uh, yeah, actually, some people. I actually remember that uh, there was like a I think like a white dude on like a Chinese team at, at one point because he just like was living there for two years. I thought that was kind of weird. Oh yeah, the Taiwanese team, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Chinese Taipei when the the year the first year of the World Magic Cup, I think they won. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, so it's 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 a little weird, but uh, anyways, we're, we're we're I'm I'm I I, I consider him Canadian because uh, he's kind of worked with with canadians a lot as well he's, he's we, we've appropriated him mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways he's, he's a very good player and he probably he's one of the best technical players at least so far on, on the list um, 
and during kind of his, you know, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's really at his peak anymore, but, uh, you know, during, during his peak, he was, he was really one of the, the best players in the world. I mean, you can see he's got a bunch of Pro Tour top eights. Uh, he's still relatively young. He kind of, you know, really hit the Pro Tour scene when he was like... Yeah, I think he's the same 16. age as me, so he's 27 right now. He's not done yet. <laughs> yeah, time, time flies. Because I remember, you know, when he first joined our testing team, he was exactly half the age of John Stern at the time, <laughs> uh, who was another Canadian player. Is that you know, kind of had more work behind the scenes being being really important to, to but yeah, you know, and Jacobs, you know, ha he has a, I think at least three GP wins, a bunch of top eights, uh, you know, and he's he's been very successful and he's he's very good, uh, you know, he's definitely known for losing that Pro Tour finals to Sean McLaren. Yeah. He interviewed afterwards and being saying, I feel, how do you feel, Jacob? feel physically ill this was true because i think after that he went and, and threw up in the bathroom or something but uh that's the reason we don't normally get pro tour finalists interviewed that all frankly wasn't a very good idea because there's a lot of tension a lot goes into this and then to have to just lose at the last moment is pretty brutal yeah especially the the way he lost like he just drew like infinite lands in the last stuff. game that that was yeah that was yeah he got he got he had pretty awful draws. Uh, I remember there. I was there rooting for him, and it was just, it was just painful kind of to watch. Uh, also, because we were gonna throw him into the pond if he won, and didn't get to do that. So that was. Yeah, the worst part about that game was that Sean McLaren had kind of a bad draw as well. So like you know, despite Jacob having like a really bad draw, if he like drew like anything at any point, he would have won. So it was just like so painful to watch that he just like drew another land again. I don't know. You should try and do a video with Jacob and analyzing that. That. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Sure maybe I should do. The way the way Jacob is, he, I'm sure he's watched it. He's the person who watches like some one of the most magic content that I know. He's he's hugely gotten better from watching videos of other people's play. play. Like he would watch every Grand Prix match, every Pro Tour match, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he also would play a lot. You know, uh, he's well known for doing well legacy i think he also has he's won scg invitational and gotten immortalized as a, a monk token mm -hmm. uh, so yeah he's he's got a large variety of su success and he, he's a great player uh he he typically likes to play more mid-range decks and he likes he really likes feeling like he's outsmarted his opponents so <laughs> yeah that loves, sounds like jacob he loves like tricky he loves tricky things mm -hmm. uh, which i can respect all right, number two, we're getting to the top, uh, is Rich Hohen. I, I never played against him or anything like that, but I know him that, uh, you know, he's considered to be like one of the best limited players of all time. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he is widely considered one of the best limited players of all time. And I think it's, you know, a fair, fair assessment. Uh, you know, during his era, he kind of was groundbreaking in, in figuring out, like, he was one of the... In, in the beginning of the Magic Online era, where he would grind a ton of Magic Online and figure out, you know, in limited, like, what strategies were optimal, and he would kind of break limited formats. Uh, but also, I think he's just, he's a really, really smart guy if you interact with him. He's very quick, uh, and he's, you know, he, he figures things out quick and fast. Uh, like, he doesn't really seem to put much energy into playing constructed but he often does well fairly well anyways because 
Uh, he's he's a quick study, but definitely limited is where where he finds the most fun with magic, and uh, he's won at least I think two limited Grand Prix individually, and then he has uh, I believe two more uh, team wins, one of which uh, he was on my team, <laughs> but both of them with with Mike Etron, uh, the other one with Craig Wesco. Uh, and, yeah, I think I think despite him being like, being like known uh, maybe in the history, like even even in kind of a modern age, he was doing really well at the, at the limited GPs. Even I remembered him like you know doing well. So yeah, and he and that's you know he's he has a full time job. He does he doesn't focus off on that, but uh, he has he has only one Pro Tour top eight, uh, but he's got ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth all in tiebreakers, I believe. Uh, which I think he might be the only player who has that. So, you know, if if tiebreakers ran a little, little bit differently, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe 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 that's uh, that's helped him out because maybe if he's in the Hall of Fame, he would have put even more energy into Magic. Who knows? Uh, I know my my first ever Magic result, I was I lost to him in the finals of uh, Grand Prix Montreal, which was a limited Grand Prix. Wow. And... I credit that as one of the important things to my career because then Rich liked me instead of hating me for beating him. <laughs> and, I, and he kind of he took me under his wing a bit, and uh, I'm I'm really grateful for everything he's done. Though stories of him teaching me how to draft that just like t- stories of him teaching Kenji Samura how to draft are uh, greatly exaggerated, let's say, by the the Magic press. So yeah, and uh, his second second least all time pro points. So. Uh, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder who's the number one. Uh, I'm really curious to find out. Well, we'll we'll find out. They might be number one on the list. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it kind of in the era where he was, he was the best. There was kind of no, not really any other Canadian Magic players. He kind of held the torch. You know, uh, like when I was coming up as a Magic player, the pros that I knew, he was one of the like two pros basically who I whose names I knew. The other being like Kai Bude basically because. Everybody talked about how Kai won seven Pro Tours, da, da, da. but Rich was like, he was he was the Canadian Magic player on the tour when there was basically no one else. He was always a high level pro. Uh, you know, he would top thirty two like every limited Pro Tour. Um, I think the you know the the shift over hurt him, but he also you know came ninth place uh, as recently as Pro Tour Origins, I think, mm. and I think he has another top sixteen relatively recently too. Uh, he's kind of never really lost it, and even though it's not not his focus, and I think he was really an important figure, kind of in Magic. And so that's why I think he earned his number two spot. <laughs> All right, number one, surprise, surprise, drum it's, roll, drum roll. <laughs> it's Alexander Hain. Um, yeah, you know, so, yeah, I'm very surprised that you put yourself first. Myself. Yeah, I was not too humble to put myself first. I mean. Uh, I think you know, there. Despite there's a Hall of Famer, but there's you know, I think I have the most pro points, the most money, uh, more kind of more longevity. I have you know three Pro Tour top eights. Uh, I've got uh, four GP wins. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Uh, I remember uh, that. Uh, oh, oh, five. Oh no, I thought that we were. I can remember that, but. Yeah, I've won two standard GPs. I've won, oh sorry, three standard GPs. One with uh, with blue white control. One with Esper Dragons. One with Chess Guy. 
I've won a team team limited GP with Rich Owen, and I won an individual GP back in 2019. Actually, the last GP I played, I won. Yeah, I I remember that that you know you posted on Twitter, um, and I think I mean, like messaged you something like easy or whatever, and then I won a GP like the week after that, and I like I like messaged you again, so that felt nice. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. I remember that. That was fun. Both of us adding to already pretty nice GP win resumes. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think I think I've probably you know the number one Canadian Magic player. Someone if people are are pulled about about it, certainly you know again modern era bias a bit, but uh, I do think you know I'm I'm on the MPL. I'm a member of Rivals. Uh, a three-quarter <laughs> uh, Does it feel good to talk about yourself in this way? I don't know. It, it feels weird, actually. I, <laughs> I, I'm more, I'm more play the cocky guy than than, than really am. But uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm also lo- fairly quick study. Uh, there is definitely a portion of time, though. Like I think in the. 2015-2016 era where I think I there's a good chance I was actually the best player in the world um, where I won you know there there's a period like for instance one one year I won three Grand Prix and then the following year I was the Grand Prix player of the year like wow. it wasn't that year because they didn't, didn't exist yet mm-hmm. so I kind of and that was when the year Pascal top eighted five or whatever I just would basically top 16 every single one pretty mm-hmm. much um, I think my median finish at Grand Prix was like 16.5 for like a whole year where I played like 25 of them. Yeah, if if, if I should like add anything to it, like I even tested with you, um, so I have like a pretty good idea. I think you might be even like, you know, one of the most maybe talented players in the world, but obviously you don't really like necessarily have the have the best work ethic or whatever. You like never really want to yeah, play that much. That's, that's always been my, my weakness. I think that, you know, But you know that that's also uh, that's also a skill, right? You know, in the end, it doesn't really matter. It, it, you know, what what matters is your EV in the in the in the tournament, and like the- it does matter because a lot of other players, I think, I excel more in in newer formats, um, generally because I think other people, given enough time, they can they can practice and practice and practice and get to like you know ninety nine percent or whatever. With no, support. of course, of of course, I understand that. What I was trying to say is that like. You know your potential doesn't really matter if you're never gonna reach it. So you should like just judge the player based on how good he is when the, when the actual tournament comes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And I, but I, and I think there is, you know, I generally have succeeded in formats where, you know, my like the 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 most recent Pro Tour where there was uh, in London where there was like a pre-release right for War of the Spark mm-hmm. like there you know the fact that I did well there I think was not really that surprising to me because I tend to do better in you know in newer formats with if you know if if a human has to be sent to play an unknown Magic format against the aliens I think I'm a, I'm a reasonable candidate I don't know if I would actually pick me but mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah that's kind of where 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 I I excel um, I'm pretty good at figuring out like constructed decks and how they work and how to matchups like uh, pretty quickly. I have a good good understanding, I think, of the game. Mm-hmm. One, uh, 
Yeah, sometimes there, there is like a format that, you know, it's not really necessarily about the play skill that much, but it's just about like having really the tight list and knowing how to cyber, like something that Javier Dominguez is really good at and you would maybe not do as well in those formats, but in like a new limited right. format, you might be one of the best players, so, yeah. Yeah, though I, I think there was a point in time where I was known more as a more constructed player oh, really? than a limited player. There, there one year at least where I had the best constructed win rate on the Pro Tour. Um, I didn't top any events because mostly I've kind of, for a lot of my career, I would be the, the person kind of behind the scenes making top 32, top 16, top 64 or whatever of, of like almost every Pro Tour. My median finish is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's... Uh, it's kind of I, I would bemoan my my lack of win distribution, but I think it's partly that, you know, I would I would kind of always do do well, but often not uh, not spike because you know I wouldn't have that like ninety nine hundred percent that some people would. You know, they would just have be really set up well for like one specific event. Whereas for me, kind of mm-hmm, that makes so sense. That's that's where I'd, I'd see some of my weaknesses, but I definitely had a lot of strengths and there was a portion where of time where i would play a lot of magic and really cared uh, and kind of you know i have that as my backlog of to kind of build from but re- in recent years i haven't been my heart hasn't been in it the same way and you've kind of seen you've mostly seen the the washed up version of me where i didn't really care that much so Definitely, my work ethic in recent years has been bad. Like this year, I'm rivals, and I don't, I don't even test for tournaments. I just basically copy and paste the list, and I still haven't been eliminated from rivals. So, you know, <laughs> easy. All right, that was our top seven of you know best Canadian players of all time. Uh, thanks for for helping me out. Yeah, I'll give an honorable mention to uh, Frankie Richards. You probably never heard of him, but in in the local community, he's known as. Frankie Richards pro player uh, he's actually a limited mastermind and he's got a 100% win rate in limited and pro tours wow. which is you know pretty unreal but you know very he had a very short short pro tour stay but anyways I wanted to give a shout out to him he's also one of the few people who can beat me in, in other board games so. <laughs> <laughs> alright if you guys like the video please click on the like and subscribe button and I see you next time bye bye